The MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Roman. Roman is the straightforward way to take care of your ED. Just head to getroman.com slash SGP for $15 off your first month. That's getroman.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is home to the Best Ball Mania 2 contest where you can win $1 million. That's right, $1 million. Sign up now at underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. We're also brought to you by Odds Jam. Odds Jam is the betting tool every sharp better needs, bringing you the latest prices and presenting the best betting opportunities. Dominate the marketplace with Odds Jam. Use promo code SGP and get 5% off sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash oddsjam. Welcome along, everybody, to episode number six of the MLB Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Uh, it is Thursday evening here in Newcastle, England, and I'm recording, as always, uh, across the sea in Houston, Texas, uh, with our main man, uh, Moonaf Manji. Moonaf, good evening, good afternoon, whatever it is. Um, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing well, sir. How are you? I'm just... Uh... I, if I'm keep, I keep on looking up. I'm sure you can see. I'm watching some golf, and then I was watch. I'm watching the Liverpool and the Manchester United match. So I'm a pool you, fan. You so they... dragged me away from that. I obviously I don't have the professional setup that you've got. So I was just watching the last five minutes. But that you see that game to me. There's no good can come of that game. I need both teams to lose. They're two teams who have haunted me for 45 years. Uh, so I don't <laughs> want anything good to happen. So I was kind of just cheering on terrible things but it was uh it was three two a couple of minutes ago is it still three two uh no uh salah just put uh put the dagger in four two uh, so, four two okay yeah. so i don't want liverpool to win but i'll happily see man united lose so i kind of I'll, <laughs> I'll take something out i'm just a, a very bitter newcastle fan i think we can read into that yeah um it's been an interesting uh interesting season for soccer even all around and even you know um even our, some of our other sports, you know, we in uh, basketball and uh, even baseball is off to a uh, interesting start. So, uh, you know, I'm, I know we're here to talk about baseball. So let's talk baseball. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we normally start with a review of last week's picks, mm-hmm. um, Moon off And unfortunately this week, we're kind of, we're picking over the remains. Uh, so, I'll go first because at mm-hmm. least you've got a little bit of good news at the end. Um, I locked up. We recorded on Sunday night and gave out um, picks for early in the week. I locked up the Marlins and Pablo Lopez against uh, Madison Bumgarner. And the day backs on Monday night, um, there was nothing in it for 4.1 innings. Um mm. And then Lopez, which he hasn't done all season. I think he was carrying something like a 0.73 ERA. Yeah, he um, was. All of a sudden gave up kind of six runs from there. Uh, didn't get out of the fourth. Mad Bum was good, though. Uh, he kept the Marlins bats quiet. Um, and I had faded 
Mad Bum, and that finished 11 to 3, so that went belly up. Um, my dog, and this was a little bit unfortunate, but it's baseball, and you can't uh, you can't claim uh, bad fortune on one and good fortune on other. Um, it's it's a whole game thing. I picked um, John Lester for the Nationals uh, against the Phillies on Wednesday night, um, and Lester had them two one up through six. Yeah, uh, the Nationals were leading through six against Zach Wheeler, which was a um, good performance. But then the Nationals. Bullpen gave it up. Brad Hand um, gave up three or four runs. The game finished. In fact, it was one of those extra innings games that we talked about where the, it was 2-2 mm-hmm. um, after nine and finished 5-2. So if you're looking at, we talked last week a little bit about um, getting maybe an ex- rather than over half a run uh, or over one and a half runs in extras, um, they, scored, they scored three runs the Phillies in extras and took that one down. So I went over two, uh, which means I'll have to get back on the horse. So I redoubled my efforts this afternoon and we'll give out our um, locks and dogs at the end of the show. Uh, Moonaf, you went one for one. You saved the, uh, you saved the show with one, with one winning pick out of uh, two. Would you want to talk us through your two? Yeah. Um, you know, I had, uh, both of my games going on Wednesday, yesterday. The first one was the uh, Chicago White Sox taking on the Minnesota Twins. Uh, Dallas Keiko on the mound for the Chicago White Sox. Obviously, he didn't, neither one of these guys had a great outing. I mean, the game ended 13 to 8 in the White Sox favor. Um, but you take a look at um, just the off or the pitching matchup, six earned runs for Dallas Keiko in five and two third innings. And um, on the opposite side, it was even worse for Jay Happ, three and a third, nine earned runs, three strikeouts, and two walks. So, um, fortunately, the bats of the White Sox got it done for me um, in that winning pick. Um, and then my my dog was absolute dog shit. Uh, <laughs> Andrew Haney, you know, he had good numbers against the Astros, but, you know, he just ran into, um, you know, really hot bats for the Astros right now. They're taking care of business against the L.A. Sorry, A, yeah, the L.A. Angels. Um, you know, they got whipped, I think, nine to one last night, um, did the Angels and uh you know, that dog did not catch for me. I think that game was over in the first inning there. I think the Astros put up three runs in that first inning. Altuve homered, Guriel homered, and um, my my man Alvarez got me one more last night. So I think I'll take a winning, uh, a win from that as Alvarez home run. But, you know, win one and one, uh, we did okay. You know, I'm sure we'll get back on our horses this week and, um, um, you know, hopefully we can cash some more bets. I, I have a feeling that we're we're going to go four and zero sooner rather than later. Yeah, we went five or six last week, so yeah. a little bit of regression was uh, was due. I have got a um, a confession, Moon. for the mm-hmm. first time this season on Tally Site, where we uh, we been picking every game. There's mm-hmm. five of us representing the SGP and picking every game over on TallySite.com, uh, and. I knew this was your dog, and yet I still picked the Astros last night, Moonaf, and I put the I put the one in my W column. That's the first time I've got against you last night. Um, so maybe it's uh, it's my fault, but I just I couldn't get on that horse last night. Um, I, I did I did I said last week that I, I fancied the Astros during this ten game homestand yeah, yeah. that they had. Uh, I thought they would they would garner a little bit of momentum, uh, and that's certainly been the case. 
yeah. um, so far. Um, yeah, tallyside.com is where all our picks go. Um, exactly the same as last week. We recorded last Thursday night. I was 19 and 19, and I'm in exactly the same position uh, so far tonight. Um, a couple of the early games are Thursday. Thursday afternoon's a good a good time for me because there's normally some daytime games, so I can, uh, I can get some watching, and I've just watched the entirety of the Braves and the Blue Jays. Uh, we'll talk a little bit a little bit about the Braves I'm going to get to uh, in a little while. So yeah, I'm sitting sitting on the on the 500 um tally site this week Moonafi who's who's uh, who's on the heater this week for the SGPN is it you? Yeah, I'm having a pretty okay week. I'm 23 and 13 uh, so oh, far what? this week. A pretty okay week. <laughs> and then just casually slips in 23 and 13. <laughs> My goodness me. Mate, it's, if you're if you're having a good week, let me know if that's an okay week. <laughs> no, yeah, it, it's been a good week so far. Um, I, I actually looked over. I haven't picked the rest of my game, so I think during the show I'm going to have to put in the rest of my picks. But, um, you know, just kind of waiting here. I know we both have the Cardinals here picked uh, for this afternoon game, and they just went final. They won 2-0, so there's another win for us on right there on tally sites. Um, yeah, you know, it's a um, it's, it's a grind like we've talked about on tally side you know like you mentioned last week just follow the usually a guy that has a, the hot hand and so far this week early in the week it, it's been me you know last week it was um our man will who had a fantastic week so you know make sure to check our picks again on sportsgamblingpodcast.com just hit that mlb tab you'll see mlb picks and then pick from myself malcolm will and uh nick um you know we're all we're all doing pretty well we're all above about 51 52 percent so you know, make sure to check us, uh, check our picks out there daily, every single day. We're picking every single game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, we'd only touch on some things that happened in the news, but up until really today, it was a relatively quiet week. You mentioned earlier on that it's been a bit of an odd uh, start to the season, and there's there's quite a few things that myself and any other sort of handicappers or even fantasy players are struggling to get a handle on. Uh, but then today we've had we've had a few things that we can uh, we can talk about. We'll get the injury out the way first. Yeah. Um, and I told you, I just watched that Braves Blue Jays game, mm-hmm. and uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. has gone down. Um, it looked actually we talked two weeks back about the Lewis uh, Robert injury where it was so kind. Of of an infield chopper and he heads down to first base. Acuna is a speedy player. He looked like he either caught his toe on the bag or caught his toe just before the bag mm-hmm. and then landed awkwardly on his left knee. And the more you watch the replays, the uglier it looked. It looked a really jarring kind of injury. Mm-hmm. Um, he went face down, sort of star-shaped on the grass and the trainers came and helped him off. Now, that was literally an hour ago. So um, we... Don't have, or I certainly haven't seen any, any much further information. Um, but that'll just be a killer for the Braves and for the sport in general if he has to miss any extended period of time. Yeah, um, I just saw. Yeah, I just when you were talking, I just saw the replay. It looks like it was a uh, ankle injury. So hopefully, it's. Uh, they're saying the X-rays were negative. They'll see how he feels tomorrow. So, um, you know, he's been battling a couple injuries. I know we talked about where he got hit with with the finger contusion, I think it was last week. And now today it was uh, an ankle injury. So, you know, I mean, that's just like, you know, sometimes a, the day-to-day grind of playing baseball when you're playing every single day. And, uh, you know, some of these type of injuries are going to come across. You know, it's, it's really unfortunate because a lot of these injuries do happen when 
runners are running down to first base or second base or third base that, you know, if they land kind of awkwardly on the bag or in front of the bag, you know, they can come down with some type of either a hamstring or a knee or an ankle injury. So it's just unfortunate to see, but, um, you know, hopefully it's nothing too serious. Like we've said before with some of these other injuries for some of these guys. And, um, you know, we've said that Acuna is one of the more, you know, dynamic and exciting young stars in this league. And that it's always better to have a guy like that playing every single day. So, you know, if we get more information, we'll definitely, you know, drop it in the Slack channel, or we can even discuss it on, uh, on our next podcast on Sunday. So, you know, that was one of the, uh, main injury. I know there was another COVID news that came down from the Yankees. I don't know if you want to get into that. Yeah, you can tell me about that, Munaf. Yeah, so I just saw that uh, Galeber Torres tested positive for for COVID um, uh, as of today. So I think he will be out for, I think, at least a minimum of 10 days for sure and see how he's going to do after that. You know, I, th- I know the Yankees had some um, positive tests with him. I think there was their staff, their 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 pitching coaches or or some of their guys that, that tested positive. So hopefully it's not something that's going around in, in their clubhouse and um, hopefully they can get it under control uh, and that, you know, no one else is affected by COVID because you know, we just don't want to see that. You know, we want all the players to be healthy and, and, and playing ball every day on the, on our, on the diamond. Yeah, absolutely. I've got my first jab tomorrow, Munaf, so I'll be, uh, I'll be halfway to begin bulletproof by, by lunchtime tomorrow. Yeah. The, um, I, I saw that five of the, Yankees coaches had gone down earlier in the week. The Padres have been affected as well. Um, yeah. Quite a few, actually. Quite a few of their premium players. So that's something to uh, to watch for. If they, it, I suppose it's a little bit different the last season that if a team does end up missing a few games, if they get shut down for a spell, there's plenty of time to catch the games up. Uh, where last year, the, was it the Cardinals lost a load of games. Uh, ended up playing something like 23 doubleheaders or something crazy. Uh, so we shouldn't get into that situation. But it's certainly... Um, something worth keeping an eye on. Yeah. Um, the There was quite a remarkable record set as well this afternoon. I think a lot of people had their eye on it. It was um, Corbin Burns was pitching today yeah. uh, for the Brewers and broke an incredible record of recording 58 uh, strikeouts mm-hmm. before he issued his first walk. He did eventually issue his first walk in that game today, yeah. uh, but he struck out five uh, and one of those being the, the 58th record. So it was Kenley Jansen's record that he broke. Um, and that is a seriously uh, impressive performance. We're going to talk a little bit about Cy Young contenders yeah. uh, in a little while. And Corbin Burns, with this start of the season, he's uh, thrown himself right into that reckoning. But yeah, 58 Ks without issuing a walk, Munaf. That That's pretty incredible, right? I mean, especially with, um, you know, the, I, I think we got to go back sometimes and talk about the different umpires that have, you know, we've talked about early this season where some may have a bigger strike zone, some have a smaller strike zone, some give the pitch on the corner, some don't, you know, some call the low strike, some don't, some call the high strike, all, all the different variables with the, with the different umpires. And obviously when Burns is starting, it's been what I think five or six starts for him that he's going to see a different umpire every single time. And for him to be, have that consistency of breaking that record for strikeouts and not having a single walk up until today is something pretty incredible and, and a great, it's a great storyline. And hopefully this guy has a fantastic career this pitching staff for, for the Brewers has been absolutely amazing so far, right? 
We're not even talking about some of the other guys that are having a great season in that pitching rotation. It's all been about, you know, Corbin Burns here. So, um, uh, you know, the Brewers rotation is in great shape with, with, uh, with the two, three guys that they have in that rotation. Unfortunately, they did take the loss tonight to the Cardinals. Um, obviously the, he didn't get any run support, you know, obviously when you're, when you have a pitcher like that, that's, that's out there pitching so well, you want to, you know, give him some run support. So, you know, his ERA is down to 1.57 and he has a record of two and three. So that, yeah, that's, that's a little unfortunate. I was just going to point that exact same thing out. I mean, we mentioned at the top, you, you need a little bit of luck in baseball uh, to land a bet. And for example, if you were following Corbin Burns this season, yeah. uh, if you picked a pitcher um, who's pitching to a 1.57 ERA, who struck out 58 batters without letting up a run and you're two and three, um, yeah, you know that your luck's not in at all. So, yeah. I mean, the again, five hits tonight for the Brewers. So, uh, they need to put something together. But yeah, you're right. They have got they have got a, a really smart rotation. That they're, they're doing all right actually. They're, they're plodding along at twenty and eighteen, uh, and I think I think there's more to come for them. But um, funny enough, you talk about um, strike zones and different umpires and stuff. And I was listening to a podcast today, a Fangraphs podcast, and they were talking about umpires and their strike zones. And there's a Twitter account, a really fun Twitter account that gives umpire scorecards after each game. Mm-hmm. And there was a, a scorecard last week, which was the nearest to a uh, an umpire's perfect game. I think he'd called 135 out of the 136 pitches. Wow. Um, correct. Um according to the metrics and the, yeah. the actual kind of zone. Um, and I was just thinking that man, you'd need some time, but I know that on the SGPN, someone, is it you who does the refereeing? Um, who does the, someone does the refereeing stats for the NFL. I did that last season. Yeah. Is that you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because obviously it, just, I know we're getting a little bit off topic now. Did that, did you find that ball any relevance to outcomes or overs, unders, that kind of thing? Yeah, I think for um, unders, it was a, a significant tool for me. You know, um, I'm going to go back and revisit that. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, we can get that on the website again during the NFL season. But, uh, you know, with the NFL season, it, it, it takes a little – it's a little difficult to follow trends of some of these refs because it's only 16 games – right. Versus umpires that have so many games in a baseball season. But I think when you get a sample of, you know, three to four games with some of these, um, from these NFL referees, those are trends that you can, you know, start following. And I think the one that really struck out to me for the NFL ref, I know we're getting off topic, like you talked about, but I think it all Mm -hmm. kind of ties in with NFL refs, umpires and things like that is it was Clay, uh, Clay Blakeman for as an NFL ref, who had the highest um, average point scored in a game I had seen in a very long time from referee. I think his games were averaging around anywhere from like 54 or 55 points per game. So, um, you know, when I caught on to that after week six, that was something that I was, you know, just blindly uh, betting on while he was refereeing a particular game. It didn't matter at that point to me which teams were in in, uh, playing in that game because it was just cashing every single week. And sometimes wrapping it back to baseball umpires as a baseball veteran, as baseball guys that we talk about, I think the first thing that I kind of look at in the morning is what umpire is behind the plate for that certain game. 
And because like we talked about, whether they have a big strike zone, small strike zone, you know, how many runs their games are averaging. I think a prime example right now, we had talked about this in the MLB Slack channel was Jerry Meals, one of the umpires who's off, I think, to a 7-0 and start to the over. And he was, I think it was two games ago where he was um, umpiring two of the stellar starters for the Nationals and the Marlins game. And that game still ended up going over. I think that total was either six and a half or seven. I think they ended up scoring eight or nine runs in that game. So um, it, it's tough, especially with umpires, because with pitchers, you have to you have to know like where the umpires kind of call in the game, whether he has a big, small, a big strike zone or small strike zone. So um, I think that's certainly something that we should all be taking into account for our handicapping for baseball games. Man, this, this is true DJ and stuff. This is the content I'm here for. Um, <laughs> I absolutely love it. Um, yeah. I mean, I looked at that perfect game and I knew always looking for an angle. I've spent 40 years looking for an angle and look at all those umpire scorecards. I'm not the man to work out that angle. Someone will have to do the, uh, someone will have to do the heavy lifting for me, but once they do, uh, I'm happy to get involved. But yeah, listen, immediately just listening to something like that today and my ears pricked up and I thought, right, there's definitely something in there. Uh, so we'll keep looking at that. Yes. Um, bit of a, a, a fun story tonight for the, the Mariners, who've generally been poor for quite a long time, uh, is they've called up uh, Logan Gilbert to pitch. Mm. But on top of that, primarily, we're going to talk about uh, Jared Kalanick. Now, yep. Kalanick has been clamoured for by Mariners fans um, all season and all during the off-season. They wanted him up straight away. The front office uh, were playing silly buggers with the service time. Um, the I can't remember the name of the executive who got caught out in his in his little Zoom meeting with the Rotary Club of Seattle and pretty much said they were, they were going to hold him down uh, to manipulate his service time, which kind of, it's not his fault. It's just, it's the system. Like, um, But Kalanick is the number four ranked prospect yeah. uh, on fan graphs and by MLB Pipeline. 21 years old. Um, they signed him in a frankly ridiculous trade with the Mets for... Yeah, uh, Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz, where <laughs> they managed to get rid of a 36-year-old and a shit ton of salary, uh, yeah. and picked up the number four uh, prospect. So uh, he's a five-dual player. Um, to me, I, I looked at the projections, and even today, and I was projected 96 games. Well, we're kind of 30 odd into the season, so that could easily now be 120, uh, 125 games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he looks to me like a like a 20, 20 threat, 20 uh, stolen bases, 20 home runs. He's got the power. Um, and Mariners fans should be excited to see him up. Uh, of the four who were in front of him, you've got um, Wanda Franco and then uh, Randy Arena. Obviously, Franco's not up yet. Uh, Arena uh, having a solid season mm-hmm. with the Rays after having... The, a ridiculous pool season last year. Um, yeah. But yeah, Kellenick, do you know much about him? Is this the, again, this is, this is, this is my Englishman question. Um, mm-hmm. How much difference, how much effect, is there an angle here for us that we can use? The Mariners are 18 to one still for that division. They're 18 and 19, four and a half games back. Uh, they've been a fun team. They, they, they do have to manufacture runs. We talk about this a lot. They steal, they run. Um, is a player like Kellenick, can he give them enough to maybe put them into contention and make that 18 to one uh, value for money. 
I think there's two two parts to them bringing him up, right? Number one is, at least for me, and I also get your opinion on this, is that he, he's one player out of nine guys that's in a lineup, right? And, you know, if this was like a different sport, let's say it was like basketball where, you know, one guy can really dominate every single night for you on the, on the basketball court on base in baseball, it's one guy on nine fields. So let's just say he comes out and comes out on fire and he hits like, I don't know, four home runs in his first week at that point, it's just going to de- going to depend on what other guys are kind of contributing to help them win games, whether their pitching does well, whether other guys are stepping up in the lineup, you know, and if he brings that energy and that fire in this lineup, maybe it gets contagious to some of the other guys in the lineup. I think that's number one. And then, you know, number two, they are in the AL West division where, you know, if you kind of take a look at the standings right now, um, you know, there are like tough teams in, in that lineup. Do you think that there's value in that AL West, them being six, only four and a half games out, but you still have to contend with the Oakland A's, the Houston Astros, you know, the angels are going to turn it around here soon. So, you know, if it was anything maybe above like 25 to one around there, and if you can find that, that may be some value there, but around 18 to one, 17 to one, 19 to one. I don't uh, personally, for me, I don't think that value was there, but you know um, I think this is an exciting time for Mariners fans. You know, they've been waiting for this for a very long time. Um, they are playing tonight, correct? The They're Mariners? in the late game. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to, I'll catch up in the morning. I think it's 10 past three in the morning. It should be eight, 10 um, yeah. this so, evening. Uh, I may tune in for it just to see, you know, how his first at bat goes and how the team kind of responds. But, um, you know, um, hopefully it lights a fire for this lineup because the Seattle Mariners are pretty much dead last or, or bottom feeders in a lot of the offensive statistical category, you know, batting average at 204. They are getting the, the, the hits and, um, you know, they're not scoring very many runs, but, um, you know, Hopefully it's a guy that brings up, you know, fresh, uh, a, a light of energy for this lineup. And, you know, who knows it, it could turn around, but I, right now for me, I would have to see how the team kind of responds and how he does in the major leagues, because going from minor leagues, to major leagues, it's a completely different story. Yeah. We've, we've said about Seattle before that their lineup uh, tonight could be easily be their lineup in five years. Yep. Minus maybe um, Kyle Seager. They've got a lot of young guys, Crawford, Haggerty. I like Dylan Moore. Yep. Uh, Kyle Lewis is recently back off the aisle. Um, so adding on to Kellenick, they're also the pitcher I mentioned, Logan Gilbert, mm-hmm. who's the number 28 prospect, uh, 24 years old, a little bit older, um, came out of Stetson University, which I just yep. presumed was made up. Um, at the same place as Jacob DeGrom and Corey Kluber. Um thrown a 2.13 ERA uh, over all the levels that he's thrown at. Um, so, yeah, you, you, you're talking about can Kalanick make a difference? You'd have to see how else they'd respond. Um, but if Gilbert can slot in as a number one or two stud, uh, it is a big if because, like you say, this the, um, rookie pitchers very often can face a baptism of fire. Yeah. Um, but if Gilbert can back Kelly in it, well, that 18 to one, um, I mean, it wouldn't be for me be simply, I mean, two weeks ago, we, we broke down that division and were very, very fond of uh, Houston yeah. um, at plus odds. Uh, so we got to want to be picking another team in a five runner race. Um, but that 18 to one might not last long if the Mariners can hang around uh, at 500 for a little bit, because Houston aren't really, Stretching out, I've mentioned that big home stand. I think we'll get some momentum. Uh, the A's, I think, are due a little bit of regression. I'm still not sweet on them. And the Angels are just still a little bit meh. So 
Um, if Seattle can hang around, there might be a little bit of value in that 18th. Um, but I'd still be, I'd still be looking at Houston. The, um, sorry, yeah, go on. Last sorry, point, just to wrap up the AL West. The crazy part is if you take a look at the standings of the AL West, the Houston Astros are in second place, two and a half games out, and they are the only ones that have a positive run differential in that division at plus forty-four. Everyone else is minus. So the A's who are, are first in the division right now are minus six. Um, the Mariners minus 23. The Rangers minus A. The Angels are all the way down at minus 38. And the Astros are at plus 44. And they're only three games above 500 and two and a half games behind the lead. So, you know, I, what does that tell you right now? I mean, that, you know, the A's may have won some close games, number one, and that their offense may not be as good as it's, it's, as it's seeming. And they're, you know, do for regression or, you know, the Astros are losing a whole bunch of close games here or they're getting blown out in, in the games that they're losing. So that, I think that was something that interesting for me to, to, to kind of point out there for, for that AOS division. Yeah, absolutely. Um, something else we've spoken about a few times, um, extra innings games. We talked a little bit about maybe getting on the overs when mm-hmm. a game had been tied. Um, but there was, again, I looked at, um, it was a, a Fangraphs article today um, about, uh, team's records in these extra innings. And there's just a few to, 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 that stand out. Um, and I'm going to ask you if there's a reason for this or is this, I mean, we're talking relatively small salmon sizes. But right. what we said the other day is it is a different game. When that game goes into the top of the 10th, mm-hmm. it's a new game and it's a little bit different because you 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 need certain things. You need your... Uh, you, you can bunt, you can steal, uh, you need to move the runners over. Uh, is your catcher or your pitchers are they able to hold runners? There's a whole different set of parameters that you can put in place. And again, always looking for an angle. Um, so the two who got terrible minus records uh, so far in extra innings are the Minnesota Twins, who are 0-7 uh, so far. Yeah, and the LA Dodgers, who were one and six, and then at the other end of the um, spectrum, you've got the Reds, who are five and two, and then we just talked about the Mariners and the Rangers, uh, who were both four and zero. Oh. Now, this could be a complete nutter coincidence, totally circumstantial. Um, the Mariners and the Rangers and the Reds are three of the poorer teams, three of the teams who do have to manufacture um, their runs through being a little bit more creative on the base paths. Mm-hmm. Um, the Twins are fairly well known for being bombers. I mean, they were the bomber squad last year. So if they're standing in the top of the 10th, swinging for the fences, is that leading to them go 0-7? Is this moon off a genuine angle or is it just a freak of what we've already talked about, the odd early season um, panning out? Um, I think it might be, I think, maybe a coincidence uh, that, you know, the twins are 0-7. And I mean, I will say this, the twins are, I think they are the fifth worst uh, bullpen in the entire league, right? So I think that might be contributing to their 0-7 because obviously when you get into extra innings, your bullpen kind of takes over at that point. So they are the, the fifth worst. The Dodgers are very intriguing, right? Because of the bats that they have in that lineup, their bullpen is like, it's mediocre. It's right in the middle of, of the... um it's right in the middle of, of the, uh, uh, sorry, the uh, entire MLB. You know, we talk about their bullpen, 
they have some guys in the arms in there, but it hasn't translated for them right now. And we talk about how they might have one of the best lineups, if not the best lineup in the entire American league and for them not, or sorry, entire entire MLB and for them not to win games, extra innings, I think is really intriguing to me. And then you take a look at the reds. Obviously we know they're one of the best offenses in the league that can get the job done, but their bullpen is a second worst. So, you know, there's not really a very statistical analysis behind this other than the twins who may have one of the worst bullpens in the league as do the Reds, but I think it's probably just right now for me, it's just kind of like coincidental that these extra inning games for these, at least the teams that we've talked about here so far are, are you know, um, are they are where they are. Fair enough. Um, and j- generally speaking, as a better, you see a trend like this. Uh, personally, are you, do you follow it or do you book it? Next time the Twins, are you, do you say they're due? They have to win one sooner or later, or do you just keep riding the loss? Where we're just—that's just a personal thing. Because I've been in the casino industry for a long time, and you see people who, when there's ten, there's ten reds on the roulette wheel, there's ten reds on the roulette wheel, they'll bet black, and I stand up dealing the game, and I say, no, ride the red, stay with the red. Don't you never jump off, and everyone thinks the black one's got to be coming. So I land on the side of just keep following it, where other people think the twins are absolutely due. So where, what side of the fence do you come down on, Luna? I was just going to use that as an example oh, that, you, <laughs> that you walk into a casino and you see the board is probably like full of red numbers and you have the guy that comes in. No, it, it, the black is due, but you know um, I, I think I would uh, be the guy that, you know, rides, rides the, the streak, right? If, if the twins are 0 and 7 in extra innings, there's a reason why they are 0 and 7, whether it's bullpen, whether it's guys that cannot hit with runners in scoring position. I think that's an interesting stat to look at for extra innings. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I would, fo- I would follow the trend that 0 and 7 will turn into 0 and 8, 0 and 9, 0 and 10, uh, and like that. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting to see a team that is 0 and 7. I think that's something we will both have to keep an eye on if, if, if their games keep going to extra innings. Yeah, they're actually playing tonight. They, uh, there was a chance they were going to go to extras. Uh, the game was 3-2 in the ninth, but it's just gone 4-2. Yeah. Uh, there's a little bit of a gap. Over. No, that was the correct answer, Munaf, unless there's an exception to that. Um, if it's anything to do with Newcastle United uh, and there's a team on a streak, yeah. so if there's a striker who hasn't scored for 72 games and they're playing Newcastle, just get the mortgage on. Like Newcastle were invented to break streaks. If a team needs playing into form, if they haven't won for seven seasons, um, we'll sort that out. So uh, Newcastle United are the exception uh, you know, to that rule. But apart from that... You're absolutely right. Ride the streak. Stay with the red numbers. <laughs> I'm glad you've accepted that your team is what it is, that, you know, you root, you know, you still root for them regardless. And then, you know, you have accepted that, you know, they'll they'll fix a team that that's doing really, uh, really bad. So uh, I got to tip my hat to you there. I'll tell you how bad it's been. This is just a bit self-indulgent, but obviously we haven't been allowed in to watch for uh, a season and a half now. And, um, next week, they're letting supporters in for the first time. Okay. Uh, we have a 52,000-seater uh, stadium, uh-huh. and they're, they're allowing 10,000 supporters in. Okay. And 
they had a ballot so you could apply for tickets mm. and they couldn't get rid of the 10,000 tickets because nobody <laughs> wants to go. <laughs> they, 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 they made this big announcement. They were having a raffle. They were going to draw everyone's names out of a hat. Yeah. They've got tickets left. The tickets went on general <laughs> sale today because they couldn't get rid of them. So uh, that's how terrible we are at the minute. So if you think your sports team are bad, spare, spare a thought for me, people. I'll, I'll check that and I'll raise you the Houston, Texas this, this next coming season. So I, I don't think that we'll be filling the seats in, in down at energy with our football team. So um, <laughs> I'm right there with you, buddy. Don't, don't feel too bad. WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports games. Generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today, and you'll receive a special offer of up to $500 in risk-free sports bets. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. I'll be recording my Preakness Stakes podcast with the boys later on tonight. Um don't know if I mentioned, but we uh, we won the Kentucky Derby at twenty to one. So if you want to use your win bet five hundred dollar bonus, uh, the horse we're going for on Saturday night is Concert Tour, which is around about two to one, uh, which will build you up a nice little pot to get involved with the rest of the week. That's at winbet.com. Nobody's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three put with a tournament on the line. So if you feel like you come up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to getroman.com slash SGP now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A US licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to getroman.com slash SGP and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to getroman.com slash SGP to get $15 off your first month. There's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. Getroman.com slash SGP. Get started now to save $15 on your first month of treatment. Uh, Moonaf. So our little weekly discussion topic, we have a, we, we find a little market that we haven't looked at this week. And you suggested um, with good reason that we have a look at the NL Cy Young Award. Yeah. Um, and the reason, I mean, it's a, it's a competitive market. And the reason you mentioned it was that Jacob de Grom, um, who's been absolutely lights out to start the season, um, has gone down with an injury. They have put him on the IL. So he had a little bit of back tightness or an oblique, something like that. Um, a couple of weeks ago, they pushed him back. They made him miss one start. They then brought him back again. Mm-hmm. I think we mentioned it last weekend that he had to leave that game. Um, so MRI has come back negative. But he has got onto the IL. Directing he might only miss one or two starts. Yeah. Um, but that does open up the market. Um, he's currently five to six. So minus what's that? Minus one ninety, minus one eighty-five, something like that. Yeah. Um, and pitches and injuries and obliques and things like that are really tricky things. Um, mm-hmm. So if he does have to miss any more time, 
Uh, and again, you're talking the Mets as well. They've got a, they've got a little bit of previous from Russian pitchers back. This market all of a sudden is absolutely uh, wide open. So who did you fancy? What were the prices you looked at? And uh, was there anybody jumped off the page for you? Yeah, so, you know, I was listening to another podcast talk about this and, you know, we had discussed the Jacob deGrom injury when, you know, he had two separate injuries. I think we had talked about this on the Sunday podcast where he was going to miss time. So, um, you know, we said hopefully it's nothing too serious because, you know, the Mets really do need him. But, you know, that got me kind of, you know, looking at <clears throat> some of this NLSI young markets. And um, there was two guys that I wanted to talk to you about that I already got down money on. And the first guy was um, Trevor Rogers of the Miami Marlins. I got him down at around 30 to one. And, uh, you know, kind of took him. Oh, and I'll, I'll reveal the second guy in a second. I, I'm really intrigued and see his price at this numbers. But, you know, with Trevor Rogers right now, four and two, 1.89 ERA for, for the, um, for the Miami Marlins, you know, he's only given up a total of eight earned runs in his uh, seven starts this season. He only, he has 50 strikeouts. Uh, his walks are a little high at 15, but um, you know, for him to be on this Marlins staff, we've seen previously where a pitcher that does really well, doesn't really have to be on a team that's kind of winning the division. So I think that was one guy at, from a value standpoint that kind of stuck out to me at 30 to one, kind of want to get your thoughts on Trevor Rogers. Yeah. Well, he, he's, uh, he's not on my list of odds. Um, so they've either missed him off or, or he's a bit, he's a bigger price than that. As we speak. And I'm going down to, I've got people around about 150, 250 to one. So he can't be that big. So it's possibly an oversight on the, on the site I've used. Cause mine goes, I'm, sort of 50 or 60 deep. Um, so, but yeah, I do like Trevor Rogers. The only thing often um, the Cy Young can be kind of decided on wins. They'll, they'll take that. And it's quite an old fashioned way of doing it because I think people have come to realize that the, that win statistic um, doesn't really mean a lot. We've just talked about um, Corbin Burns with his 1.58 ERA sitting yeah. at two and three. Um, yeah. And the Marlins aren't going to win as many games as a lot of the uh, a lot of the teams that we're going to end up at the at the top. I mean, seeing that four mm. and two at the moment, and I can't see many people with uh, with more wins than him. Jack flatty has got six. Uh, Julio Arias has got five, and then you've got uh, sorry, Clayton Kershaw's got five. Then you've got Rogers tucked in uh, behind him. I think he's ranked tenth in the minute in. Uh, war wins above replacement, which yeah. is um, often a, a good guide as well. But um, if you can find one of the really fancy prices uh, about him, say you took 30 to one, so it's either an oversight or you might be able to find a triple figure price. Yeah. And I think maybe DeGrom, DeGrom making the market. Uh, DeGrom was 72 plus 450 at the start of the season. I picked him in our um, pre-season podcast. Um, so the fact that he's shortened up and is now minus odds could quite easily mean that uh, Rogers has been pushed out to kind of a three-figure price. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you're looking at someone really in the in the top ten at the moment. He's some good company up there. Jacob Degrom at the top, Woodruff, Wheeler, Kershaw, uh, Darvish is in there, and then just in behind you've got uh, Max Scherzer, Jack Flaherty, Trevor Bowers sitting at 17. So there's a lot of big names up there, and mm. Trevor Rogers is absolutely not out of place at all. So uh, I would not put you off that, Moonaf. Uh, and you, you had a second one for us. 
Yeah, the second guy you had just mentioned is Jack Flaherty of the St. Louis Cardinals. He just improved a 7-0 today. He has a ERA of 2.47, a whip of 0.95. His war is not really there. It's only at 0.4. But at this rate, I mean, for him to win his, what, first uh, seven out of his first eight starts here, he could be well on his way to a 20-win season. If he's able to keep his ERA under three or under 2.75 and and that whip kind of stays around that one mark. I think that he would have a great chance to, you know, be one of the finalists for the Cy Young award. And I think I nabbed him up right today at 35 to one. So I think that was my, the second guy that wanted to run by you for the NL Cy Young. That is an absolutely great pick. Um, yeah, you're right. I've got 35 to one just about across the board, yeah. uh, a little bit shorter in places, uh, but yes, yeah, generally a 35 to one shot. Um, the fact he's in that division is uh, that we've talked about, which is really a nothing division. He could rack up the wins as well. We've just talked about uh, Trevor Rogers, the, the negative side of not being able to get the wins. Um, but all the things you mentioned, the ERA of 2.83. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that if he if he could get to twenty wins, um, it wouldn't take a massive leap of faith and a few uh, a little bit of missed time for for Degrom and the other and the other boys up at the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's an absolutely uh, an outstanding pick, Moonaf. Yes, well fetched out. Um, I pick I picked two myself. The the first one I looked at was same range as Jack Flaherty, uh, Zach Wheeler. Um, okay for the fills, another 35 to one shot. Mm-hmm. Um, as we stand, he's sitting in third in those standings with a, with a war of 1.6, ERA 2.85. You just mentioned flat is a 2.83. So pretty similar. Um, only at three and two, but there's a couple of underlying stats that um, I had a look at. There's a, there's a website called baseball savant, um, which is absolutely incredible. Like if you, you could log onto that website and come out days later, like um, some of the, the information and statistics on there are absolutely incredible. Um, he's got a Babip um, of 281, which I think is going to regress a little bit. A ground ball rate of 47% and a home at a fly ball rate of 10.5%. So they're going to come down. So he's been doing all right. Um, but I think there's still a little bit of improvement. Um, his fastball usage is up. Um, he's been using his sinker instead of his slider, and that's been getting him to a little bit of trouble, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as it stands, his, um, his whiff rate, his swinging strike rate has been a little bit down. So I think maybe if he makes a couple of adjustments, yeah. um, I think there's a little bit of improvement from Zach Wheeler. And as it stands, I mean, he's doing okay as it is, but just with a couple of tweaks... Um, that Phillies team, if again, if we're going back to the wins thing, the Phils are a little bit, a very middling team at the moment. And yeah. taking a, a big price one like like you did with Rogers uh, was uh, Kevin Gorsman at the Giants, um, yeah. who is generally a 70 to one shot. Um, the people on the list, kind of who were around him in the betting, um, have been nowhere near in the same in the same league as him. Um, Kyle Hendricks, who has a half-decent start, then gets shelled all over the place. Uh, Lewis Castillo's been mad. Um, I don't think Sorok has pitched yet. No, he had a setback in his uh, recovery that I just saw a report on yesterday. 
So these are people who were all in this in a similar price range. Mm. Um, Stephen Strasburg wasn't pitched. Zach Gallen's just got to the um, onto the IL. So out of that group, from round about the sort of fifty to one up to hundred to one shot, um, Gorsman stood out. The Giants have been quite feisty so far. They're doing all right. They're top. They're not going to stay top, but they're top of that the the top of that division. Um, and I thought Gorsman had given himself a chance again. The uh, the ground ball rate, forty five point eight percent, is up there um, with Zach Wheeler's that we just mentioned, and sort of Clayton Kershaw. So he's not going to give up many homers. Um, playing in a decent pitch as Park as well. So yeah, I think you're banking on this. The the Giants maintaining that little bit of momentum. If the, if the Giants can stay above 500 yeah. uh, and they're doing all right, they're not showing huge signs of regression. Uh, then I think Gosman could give you a decent run. Again, all of these bigger prices, you're relying on the, on the studs to, um, to, to, to fall away a little bit. Um, say that's 72 about to come. I'd be absolutely perfectly happy with that because he is now uh, a five to six shot. Um, so I'd be, I'd still be happy if I'd, if I'd snapped up that 72 that we advised uh, pre-season on Jacob's run. But yeah, um, and the one other to mention, who we've already mentioned, like again, Corbin Burns at plus six fifty. Yeah, um, he's the only he's the only other player um, with a single figure price. And then you get pushed out to the likes of um, Nola Woodruff, Scherzer. I looked at Bauer and Darvish again, getting back to wins. I think the Dodgers are going to improve, and if they do improve, or when they do improve, it will be behind Bauer and Darvish. So. They're both fairly fancy prices. They're both double figures anyway. Let me have a look. Um, Darvish, you can get 20 to 1. And Bauer, you can get 13 to 1. Um, so if you fancy the when the Dodgers eventually heat up, uh, those prices will contract a little bit as well. So there's definitely some uh, some value in that market, Moonoff. I'm, I'm glad you picked that one out. Was there any, other, any others or were they the two for you? I think those were the two guys for me that that kind of really struck out. I think Flaherty was the the one that really really stuck out to me. I'm you know I'm glad that we were able to discuss it here. Um, some other name, which is one more name that I, I had kind of seen floating around, was Aaron Nola uh, for the Phillies at twenty to one on on the book that I'm looking at. Um, I honestly haven't really even looked at his stats. Let me see if I can pull it up here real quick. I can give you. He's three and two as well, okay. uh, the same as Zach Wheeler. Uh, ERA at three point five nine. Okay, then that's... Uh, yeah, I mean, he's going all right with 1.3 war. So, yeah, home at a fly ball, 9.6% and a ground ball rate of 30. So he's he's right in the middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. Um, striking out quite a lot of batters. He's striking out uh, just over a, a batter per nine, which is good. His walk rate's quite high. But, well, yeah. when we say that, 1.5 per nine, I suppose, isn't uh, isn't too bad. So, yeah, Nola's kind of middle of the pack, um, and he would show a little, he would have to show a little bit of improvement. But, yeah, he's a, definitely a, another another solid option, Muna. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, th- I think this is a good uh, topic discussion for this week because, you know, with, with obviously DeGrom's leading the way because of his ERA, at 0.68, his war is at 1.8. I mean, his strikeout rate per nine inning at 14.6. So, you know, just across the board, um, he's just dominating and looks like he's in control of that Cy Young. But I thought that, you know, some of these other guys that are having pretty good seasons, maybe not ERA-wise, but, you know, maybe with with wins and, and you know, their ERAs being 
respectable and, and strikeouts and all that good stuff. I thought that, you know, this would probably be a good market to discuss uh, here tonight, but definitely, you know, I, I really like that number, that 35 to one that I got for, for Jack Flaherty. I think that's a, uh, especially for him starting out <clears throat> seven and oh, the season so far with the ERA right there around two, four, eight after tonight started. I think that's pretty good value at 35 to one. Yeah, these are the kind of fun markets that we mentioned last week. We talked about the home run market yeah. uh, last week. So occasionally we've done some divisional stuff, but they're sort of shorter prices. You're looking at taking Houston round out even money and stuff like that. Yeah. But we mentioned last week, these are more like a golf field where um, obviously DeGrom, an exception tonight, but you, you, we did home runs last week and you were you're 10 to 1, 12 to 1 favourites. Uh, so you can spread $10 around a few players yep. and get yourself a decent return. So uh, we'll keep looking at these. Uh, markets, uh, stolen bases, and things like that. We'll pick on we'll pick on one of these every week, and I'm sure we'll find uh, some fancy price winners before the end of the season, Muna. Yep. If you haven't played on Underdog Fantasy, you have to check it out. Their fantasy best ball tournaments are some of the best around, including their Best Ball Mania Two tournament, where you can win one million dollars. Plus, you can play a number of games involving parlaying player props for MLB, the NBA, and more. They also have a special NBA playoffs best ball tournament coming up as well. Go to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN. Don't forget to enter their best ball mania two tournament for your chance to win $1 million. That's underdogfantasy.com promo code SGPN. If you're a sharp better, you need to sign up with odds jam. Odds jam does your line shopping for you, finding the best prices on all bets, including player props. OddsJam even provides arbitrage opportunities where you can bet on both sides of a line at two different shops to guarantee your profit. OddsJam also tailors itself to whatever betting market you're currently in. Dominate the marketplace with OddsJam. Sign up at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash OddsJam and use promo code SGP for 5% off. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash OddsJam, promo code SGP for 5% off. Okay, Moonaf, it's nearing that time. We're going to uh, get stuck into the upcoming slate Friday through to Sunday. Um, again, it, another one where the, I wasn't hugely inspired by looking at the series. There was no standout sort of giant series. I, the, the four I noted down on our on our little notes here were the Rangers Astros, just with it being a local game and, a, yep. and, and local to yourself. Uh, the Braves and the Brewers I wanted to talk about. Um, Angels Red Sox uh, looked like a good game, uh, a good series, sorry. And yep. The Cards um, and the Padres. Was there anything off these uh, weekend games that stood out to you, pitching matchups or an entire series? Um, I think the ones that you just mentioned are probably the one more exciting ones. You know, we have Royals and the White Sox again this weekend. Um, you know, we had talked about that last week that this is probably a time where Chicago, uh, you know, creates some separation in that division uh, because of the, you know, the, the kind of a slow start that they got off to, you know, just kind of going back to what we were talking about, the Cy Young market. I, you know, I kind of scrolled down while you were doing those ad reads and, um, it's it's crazy. I don't remember a last time where there were three pitchers from a team that were kind of in that top eight, top nine range to win the Cy Young. And the White Sox have three guys. It's Lance Lynn, Lucas Giolito, and Carlos Rodon. So I think that was something interesting to see. But 
Um, kind of going back to yeah, this weekend, you know, there's a there's a few good series. I think the ones that you kind of just you know named are probably the the ones that are more exciting this weekend. Um, that Texas and the uh, Texas Rangers and the Houston Astros, it, it's always a rivalry every single year when those two teams get together, and uh, it's always fun if you're if you're you know when I'm on Twitter on my personal account just looking at the banter and then the back and forth, the the shit talking that the uh, the fans give to each other. Um, because of that, you know, that in-state rivalry, but, um, you know, I'm looking forward to that, obviously with my uh, Red Sox going off this weekend against the angels, that's going to be an exciting series also. So, um, you know, there's, there's, um, a few good series, like we mentioned, um, I don't really see a pitching matchup that kind of sticks out to me. Um, I think Mike minor versus Carlos Rodon on Saturday, I think that'll be an interesting one. Um, the one on Sunday that kind of stuck out to me when I was kind of digging for, for bets this weekend is, uh, Jordan Montgomery versus John means. And, uh, we've talked about means a lot on our podcast and Jordan Montgomery has been, he's been above average for, for the Yankees. You know, I think he did face, um, the Baltimore Orioles earlier this season. He pitched well against them. So I think that's one, one pitching matchup that kind of stuck out to me for first Sunday. Yeah. The, the main series I looked at, and it was kind of, I had it noted down anyway, but then I was steered towards it more having watched the Braves-Blue Jays game tonight. And that's mm. the, the Braves-Brewers series. Um, the Braves, they're scuffling along a little bit. Um, yeah. The hitters didn't look, you know, you get a, a different sense of something. Uh, watching a team rather than just pulling up the stats. And, and it's certain, I know it absolutely benefits me uh, as a handicapper, as a better, as a as an analyst, just when you get a good feel, just by watching a team. And yeah. um, as Freddie Freeman tonight just looked uncomfortable. I had to, I had an eye on him because he's in, he's in one of my, my premium fantasy teams and uh, he was, he was struggling a little bit. And then obviously Acuna uh, then hobbles out. And even if he doesn't have to notice, much time. Um, I think he's certainly going to miss some time uh, short term. And then the Atlanta bullpen, um, even the announcers were saying tonight that the Atlanta bullpen um, was struggling a little bit. Uh, gave up, I think it was 4-4 tonight uh, when mm. the um, starting pitcher left. It was Charlie Morton uh, left the game tonight. They gave up all the runs Um Pretty bloodlessly as well. It wasn't particularly competitive. Uh, Toronto tagged them. I think Toronto tagged them last night as well. So, mm-hmm. and they, they haven't got a day off till round about the twenty something. Yeah, twenty fourth. I think so. I think this um, this weekend the Brewers, who haven't been in stellar form themselves, but I think the Brewers might take advantage. Um, when Acuna went out, you're looking at the the players the Atlanta are bringing in. Off the bench, they had uh, Johan Camargo, who's just a nothing hitter. Uh, Pablo Sandoval, who was probably good a while ago, um, mm-hmm. but is certainly not going to be an everyday player. So I think the I'll, I'll, I'll be fading the um, fading the Braves all weekend uh, and looking at the Brewers maybe to take two or three. What's crucial for Atlanta is they've got. Uh, there's Anderson v Anderson on Saturday night. It's uh, Ian Anderson, who's kind of turned into their stud. I know that Max Fried's just come back um, off the aisle uh, and they'll be looking for him to do good things. But Ian Anderson, um, who debuted last year, he's been really good and they need him. If he doesn't go deep on um, Saturday night, um, then I think they could be in real trouble. Drew Smiley goes for them tomorrow yeah. and I am... 
I can't remember if I locked that up or not. I was uh, I was doing my, my weekly thing of um, I've changed my. I didn't lock it up actually. This was uh, this was one that I that I really wanted to um, mm. that I really wanted to lock up was uh, this fear to the Brewers, uh, fear of the Braves. Sorry. Right. So yeah, um, Adrian Hauser, who was good last time um, against Drew Smiley, and then on Saturday night it's Ian Anderson. Uh, for Atlanta, uh, taking on Brett Anderson of uh, the Brewers. So if Ian, Ander- Ian Anderson doesn't go deep into that game, um, I can see the Brewers taking taking a three 0 sweep of that one. So that was a that was a lean that I had from looking at the weekend games. Um, getting towards your uh, picks, then Moon off. Um, you, you can go first this week after our blanks last week. Um, give us your lock and your dog. Why don't we? Why don't you? Why don't you kick it off this week? I, I think. Well, let's try the reverse thing. Maybe uh, that'll bring you some good luck. I know I've We're been changing our look. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that'll change your luck a little bit. Let, let's 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 have you start off. Okay, okay. So on for my luck, I am on Friday night. I'm going to lock up a picture that we just talked about is in the Cy Young section. Uh, Kevin Gosman, and I've actually managed to. Uh, get some odds. Uh, I went for specifically went for Friday night games because we keep having to look a couple of days ahead and can't mm. get any odds. Um, they are minus one fifty, uh, so four to six, which is a, I think is a great price um, for a couple of reasons. There, a Gosman uh, is pitching really well, one point nine seven ERA with forty seven strikeouts so far. Yep, he's gone six innings, um, all of his seven starters here. Uh, held the Giants to one run last time out. Um, well, he draws the Pirates this week, who were um, nowhere near as as good as the Padres. Uh, they're sitting at fifteen and twenty-one. So the fact is, the Giants are a better team than the Pirates. Uh, Gosman has been absolutely lights out. He's been outstanding. Um, say that ERA is under two. So at four to six minus one fifty. Um, I thought that was an absolutely outstanding price. The Pirates are rolling with Tyler Anderson. He was actually pitched quite well for them. Um, he beat the Cubs last Sunday. He's three and three with the ERA of 3.05. Um, but I'm expecting a little bit of regression. I don't think he's going to perform at that standard all season. He's certainly not going to finish the year with the ERA round about three. So my luck would be to take Gorsman on Friday night. Um, and then my dog... Uh, now, something we talked about, do you take red or black or black or red um, when you're following the trend? Was um, I've got Tarek Skubal for the Tigers. Uh, and the, men, the reason I mentioned the, uh, the trends is that the Tigers have now won five in a row. Mm. And the Tigers aren't very good. So everything that I know to be right and proper is screaming at me to get off them because they can't go and make it six in a row tomorrow night. Um, Skubal is a well-touted prospect, struck out eight over five innings against the Twins last week. Um, and what he's done, he, he turned up this season with a splitter, a new splitter, mm-hmm. and it hasn't been working. And they've kind of talked him off that. And he was throwing his change up a lot more last week. Um, so he's got a 3.33 ERA across his appearances at uh, Comerica Park, where he'll be pitching. Um, and I still don't think the Cubs are very good. I th- they're better than I've give them credit for. I've been fading them probably a bit too much. Um, I've been a little bit harsh on them. Uh, they're facing Jake Arietta, uh, who's coming back off the IL. He had a cut on his right thumb uh, last time when he let up seven runs. But I think the, the Tigers, with a little bit of momentum, say they've won four in a row, mm-hmm. Scooble getting back to using that change up over the splitter. Um, 
they're not a huge dog. Like I say, plus 120, I think. Um, but the Cubs aren't great. The Tigers have a little bit of momentum. So I'm going to take Tarek Skubal and the Tigers to beat the Cubs. Uh, both mine go tomorrow night, Munaf. I like it, man. I, I have a feeling you're going to turn around this week. So uh, I think you're going to go 2-0. So hopefully that that turns the, the ship around for us to get to get back to our winning ways. I hope so, Munaf. Okay, so for my lock, um, I'm going to go with – this pains me because I'm a Sox fan, but I'm going to go with uh, the Yankees tomorrow night against the Orioles, against uh, Corey Kluber on the mound, going up against uh, Dean Creamer or Kramer. I don't, I don't know if it's Creamer, I think. I would like but, it to be Creamer, but Kramer. the announcers say Kramer. Kramer, okay. So, um, you know, uh, Corey Kluber, you know, he got off to a slow start with, for the Yankees in the month of April. He had an ERA of 4.17, 1-2 record in, in the month of April. So far here in May, he's had two starts, 1-0 in that span with a 1.32 ERA. He's pitched 13 and two-thirds innings. He's only given up two earned runs off of eight hits. And he did have one start against the Baltimore Orioles this season back on April 27th. That was in Baltimore, a road game. And he went six and two thirds in that game, gave up um, one earned run off of six hits and they got the victory there five to one. And for the Orioles pitcher this season, he's already faced uh, the Yankees twice this season and combined seven and one thirds of an inning. He's allowed 15 hits into the uh, the Yankees. have gotten nine earned runs off of those. So I think Corey Kluber will c- continue his success so far here in May. And it's good to see him back, um, you know, pitching well again after all the injuries that he's dealt with. So I'm going to ride Corey Kluber tomorrow night uh, against the Orioles um, kicking off. I think it's at 7.05 Eastern time. And then my dog... Um, I'm pretty sure he should be a dog, but I'm going to go with the Nationals taking on the Diamondbacks with Joe Ross on the mound. Uh, Ross is 2-2 two and two on the season with a 4.26 ERA. Um, he's, I think that ERA is high because he's really struggled against the St. Louis Cardinals this season. You know, I'm going to quickly pull up his numbers here if I can. But, yeah, he's going off on Saturday. Let's see here. Um, uh, against the... Cardinals did season he has given up let's see in two starts he's given up uh, 10 earned runs and 12 hits and other than that in the rest of the games uh, against his starts against other teams he's only given up five earned runs so I think the Cardinals have kind of been a thorn in his back this season but regardless I think this this weekend on Saturday against the Diamondbacks he should be doing well. The only thing that kind of does concern me for Joe Ross is that he hasn't been giving the run support by the Nationals, but um, hopefully they're able to turn that around for him this uh, this start. And Weaver, he's faced the Nationals on April 17th. He lost that game 6-2. He gave up four runs off of um, eight hits and four innings. So hopefully the Nationals are able to get to him again uh, this Saturday against uh joe ross so that'll be Corey kluber lock on friday against the orioles and joe ross as a dog hopefully on saturday against the diamondbacks going up against luke weaver the key to that game moonaf the key to you getting your luck is me leaving it alone because everything i've done with joe ross this week i've uh, this season i've just got wrong um <laughs> i've backed him when he's got shelled i've uh, I've faded him when he's played well and the Diamondbacks as well um, I have a similar relationship with those those are two of the teams um, 
that I need to absolutely leave alone. So um, I could, your fate is in my hands. Like, so uh, whatever I do with Joe Ross will solely be responsible whether that lock, uh, whether that dog comes in or not. And I think we've got to the end of the show, Moonaf. I think we've cracked it. That was, uh, that absolutely flew by. We had lots to talk about tonight. Yeah, it was a great podcast. We mixed in a little bit of everything, soccer and, and some <laughs> uh, a lot of things. So I think this was a, a great conversation. You know, time always flies by when you're talking sports, whether it's 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 baseball, it's it's golf, baseball, basketball, NFL, football, uh, horse racing. I'm sure the time flies by for, for you. So I know you said you have a show tonight with uh, Sean and Ryan for the, the Preakness Stakes this weekend. You want to talk about that yeah, a little I've bit? I've just got time to make myself a cup of tea and then I'm going to talk to the boys. I've, uh, I've been getting some uh, some stick in the Slack channel and et cetera because our horse that um, we rode to glory in the Kentucky Derby has been uh, failed a PED test. So people <laughs> are kind of asking where I was on that Saturday night, whether I was mooching around, uh, mooching around Kentucky with a syringe in my hand, but I wasn't, um, and you can't prove anything. So, oh, so um, that wasn't I mean, that, that is one of the most SGPN uh, things ever <laughs> as well. We get the winner over the line and uh, our horses failed a drugs test. So they'll be picking my brains a little bit uh, about that tonight. The Preakness article is up on the website uh, and the boys will cut whatever we talk about tonight into into a podcast that'll, uh, that's going to go out over the weekend. They normally slip it in with a little bit of football or yep. or something along them lines. So, yeah, looking forward to talking some ponies. Um, but, yeah, it's been really good fun. Uh, like I said, I'm getting vaccinated tomorrow, so all that's right. po- all positive news. Uh, and we're going to catch up on Sunday night where we can debrief on what we've seen over the weekend. We'll have a look at that Mariners uh, debuts tonight for Kalenic and um, Gilbert. Yep. And hopefully be able to talk you through our four for four on our two locks and two dogs. Yes, sir. Excellent. So thank you for joining us. Uh, the SGPN, the all the picks are on the website, uh, the tallysite.com picks. They are embedded over there, sportsgamblingnetwork.com. Um Join the Slack channel, the DraftKings. If you join, if you do join the Slack channel and you want a little DraftKings game every night, we have a, we have a good fun uh, two dollar game and then trash talk all night uh, over there as well. So there's loads of stuff to get involved with, um, as well as all the football and Moon after doing the NBA uh, as we reach playoffs and things like that. So uh, appreciate it, Moon after. I will speak to you on Sunday night. Thank you everybody for listening, uh, and we'll see you down the road. Cheers.